Hello, friends. It's my pleasure to welcome you back to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Nason. Our show features not only the hottest authors, but also introduces new and exciting authors talking about themselves and their latest work. Much has been written both about and by people who feel that they were assigned the wrong body at conception, exploring the struggles and too often the tragedies that result from that mismatch of nature. Very little has been written, however, to chronicle the lifelong struggle of people to understand and come to terms with two distinct sets of emotions, one male and one female, a single soul, at times divided, at times united by two clearly identifiable spirits, Georgia McGowan. Stay tuned to meet Georgia McGowan and hear her story. Georgia Lee McGowan spent 30 years in Georgia's subconscious while they both struggled to understand the meaning of their dual nature and their distinct differences. Georgia joins me today to talk about her book, Dear Mom and Dad, You Don't Know Me But. Georgia, welcome. Well, thank you. I am glad to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. And tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I've had, I guess you would say, led a rather unorthodox life. Early on, it was rather orthodox, I would say. Um, a George, um, that part of me that's George, um, lived most of his dreams and got through them. Um, there was a lot of sadness and a lot of failure um, along the road. Um, and... He never understood exactly why he didn't feel normal, um, but that was the case. There was there was this always this this omnipresent sense that um, George just wasn't normal. George wasn't just like everybody else, um, and it took uh, it took an event um, in midlife and mid thirties to actually open the door um, that uh, I had been hiding behind for all those years. Um, and I chose to write the book uh, basically in the third person, as me always having been there to watching George do all the things he did, make the mistakes he made, uh, find the loves that he found. And um, that, that, was, that was one thing that, that the publisher felt was very unique about the book, but I spent um, I spent a lot of I spent a lot of our life in the shadows, uh, and not really fully coming out until uh, my late late fifties. Did you go to college? Did you? Um, yes, what kind of uh, jobs did you have? Oh, uh, <laughs> George had a lot of jobs. I. It, it was uh he would get either get bored with a job or he would see a new horizon and and head for the next one um his major dream um as a child was always to be a farmer and raise the best pigs around um my mother's brother uh, only brother was my hero not my father my father i loved him and he was a wonderful man but he wasn't my hero. Um, he was an executive. Um, 
And uh, but my uncle was just very down to earth. He was a farmer, um, and I I dearly adored him. And he was who I wanted to pattern my life after. Um, that was when I say me. Sometimes it gets confusing because there are still two parts to me. <laughs> yes, it does get course. confusing for people, yes. and sometimes it it's a little confusing for me simply because I just. Um, a lot of people, the big difference that I discovered early on in my exposure to the gender identity uh, world was that people made this, this uh, people felt like they had to make one, decide one way or the other. You can't be both. You have to be one or the other. And I struggled with that because that part of Georgia could not see, um, number one, telling uh, children that uh, Georgia and killing your father, he's going away and never coming back. I couldn't see that happening. Um, Not to mention the fact that there were all these emotions that were still very much male George emotions that were always there. And... um, there were a couple of things that I talk about in the book. Uh, one of them is, is uh, in the very beginning of the book, was that um, friends who enlightened me about two things. Number one uh, was um, is in Genesis uh, 1, verses uh, 26 and 27, where it says, God said, said, let us make people in our image. They will be like ourselves. Male and female, he created them. That was a real key for me. Um, I had another major key in in figuring out why I could never arrive at that solution that it had to be one or the other. Was uh, a friend called me one night and said, I know what you are. You're a wink tea. And that word is a Sioux word that means um, that, that it was applied to people in the Sioux Nation who lived, men who lived their life as a woman. And those people were considered to be very special. Um, and they were, they were considered to be the ultimate um, resource to go to for unanswered questions, for decisions that couldn't be reached. Um, because the definition of Wink T was basically this, two-spirit person. That made all the difference in the world to me. And made total sense, didn't it? It absolutely, and it meant it meant to me that I didn't have to make. Only choice I had to make was who I presented to the world. Right. It didn't mean I had to just do away with one or the other. I didn't have to do that. They could both exist. And at this point in my life, yes, I live full time as Georgia. Uh, I've gone through everything, name change, et cetera, et cetera. And, but that part of me, George, is still alive, and he comes out at all kinds of most inappropriate moments. <laughs> Just <laughs> like a man. Oh, yes, exactly, exactly. And, and, it, 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 and it, it always surprises me, and I always, I always get this note, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is my deal. <laughs> Bug off, Buster. It, it's... it's um, it's happened to me in some very dramatic ways on a few occasions uh, that have just been totally startling. But uh, that's that is um, that's the way my life has been. 
uh, it took a long time for me to finally reach that point and had my had had the love of my life um, survived her cancer, I probably wouldn't be living my life this way. Um, but she's not here, and I don't have anyone but myself to answer to anymore. Uh, there are members of my family who've disowned me completely. That's their loss. It's unfortunate that it happened, but uh, you, a person cannot live their life for others. That's true. You Tell me cannot, about the title. You cannot live your life for your children. You can guide your children. You can love your children. You can assist your children, but you cannot live your life for them the way they think they would be. They want you to be. You just can't do that. Now I know there's a story behind the title. Mm-hmm. The story behind the title is that in the process of of writing this, um, I I went through. A, it took me four years because I kept going back into old records. Uh, I have I have kept daytimers since 1975. Uh, going through all those daytimers, finding all of those things, and one day as a result of some other research, I'd found a box of stuff that I hadn't opened in years, and I opened it up, and in that in that box, I was, I believe, every letter I ever received from the time I was a child, and there were some letters that my mother had sent to me that I had written home from camp. Wow! When I was when I was when I was eight years old. Wow. There was a letter, dear mom and dad. How are you? You know, typical little kid. I was eight years old. Dear mom right. and dad, how are you? I'm fine. Exactly. Landis, you know, Landis Higginbotham uh, fell into the poison ivy. Peter Rush, <laughs> Peter, Peter Rush threw up at the dinner table. <laughs> You know, that type of thing. And there was always this, and it occurred to me, you know, what if there had been another letter in there that said, Dear Mom and Dad, you don't know me. My name is Georgia. I'm your daughter. But I, you don't know me because I'm here inside of Georgie. That's where the, the title came from. I love it. I think that's a terrific title and a terrific approach. To the, to the book, why did you decide to write it now? Writing a book is not a light undertaking. And what was there something that inspired you? Was there a reason that you decided to do it now? Well, yeah, there was. Um, here's what year of, after after uh, my wife passed away almost 16 years ago. Now I got involved with a. a, a a few gender identity groups, Trias International, uh, a local group called TG Harmony. The Trias International, I started, I was asked to start writing uh, an article for the local newsletter, and then those were ended up picked up by the National Magazine. And I had, I'm very, I've, I'm very fortunate in that I do have a talent that I have finally figured out after all these years. Um, and I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to, is that I'm pretty good at it. Good for you. And, and I, I realized, and, and, um, 
I had been laid off late in life from a very good job, and I didn't. I was looking for some way to come up with some money. Um, I wanted to get something published, and a friend of mine gave me a book. I was spending a weekend with them up north of Phoenix, um, up in the desert one one weekend, and and he handed me this book by the, uh, a gentleman by the name of Patrick F. McManus. He was a freelance writer who wrote a lot of humor, um, hunting and fishing humor, uh, for f- magazines like Field and Stream. And the, the title of the book, um, oh, well, just went totally blank. Um, anyway, he, the, the book was um, about his childhood, and it was a collection of all of these, these short stories. Oh, the title of the book was How I Got This Way. And I thought, wow, how did I get this way? And um, so I thought, well, I could go back and his this book was a collection of articles, the short the short essays and then stories he had published it was just a collection. I thought, well, I can do that. So I I was looking for ways to publish. I had gone through and written a lot of it, and I was looking for ways to publish. And I was at a Barnes and Noble bookstore one day, and I said, "Hey, I'm looking for." Years ago, I, I in college and high school, we relied on a, a publication called Writers Market. Oh, I remember it well. And while I'm looking for Writers Market, thinking that'd be a good place for me to go publish. I ran, spotted this book by iUniverse uh, that was published by iUniverse, who's my publisher, and the title of the book was Get Published, and so I picked it up, and it was a very detailed, explicit explanation and 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 step-by-step of how to go ahead and get published. So I went through and I prepared all of these essays according to the, the, the steps in that book, and then I realized, you know what, this is not going to mean anything to anybody unless they understand my background. And that's when I started writing. And I tried writing without an outline. It didn't work, obviously. Most writers will tell you, you've got to have an outline of some kind. But I didn't. My solution was, all of my life, I've related stuff to where we lived, to particular homes. So the first thing I did was go back and make a list of every house my parents ever lived in. Now, there were, and then me. Came to a total of 40 Wow, you're kidding. Eleven. My parents, my dad worked for an oil company. My parents moved frequently, and what would happen is we would move. He'd get transferred. They'd rent a house. He'd build a house. You were always the new kid. You were always the new kid, Georgia. Yeah, and but you know what? My mom was so good. I I knew these kids. They'd get moved, and they hated it. They 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 didn't. They were uncomfortable. They hated it. My mom seemed to make it an adventure, because I just remember that first day of school in a new school. I was always excited, looking around to see who's going to be my new best friend. That was that was just it was something my mom did, I guess, because I I always loved the change. She must have been extraordinary. She was absolutely. She was. And, um, but anyway, I, <laughs> I, I went through and I made a list of all these individual homes we lived in. Then I took an, a single page for each one of those and I started making really quick brief notes about anything I could remember that occurred or happened or people that entered our life at that, while we lived in that home. 
And uh, once I got done with that, I went back and started writing. The original manuscript would have been over 700 pages published. And somebody at iUniverse still had the sense to say, look, this is never going to fly. You're going to cut this back. So I went back and said, okay, why, what is the real purpose for me writing this? And I went back through and started editing anything that did not directly lead to the purpose that I was trying to accomplish got deleted. It wasn't War and Peace that you were trying to write. <laughs> no, I was not. It was not. Uh, I was not trying to write War and Peace. Um, I just. Uh, I've always admired people who have an ability to write uh, fiction. I don't do very well at it. A lot of my life, I spent pretending a lot of things that were a fiction, but I don't write fiction very well. I have to write things that that I can directly relate to. And, who's, your, uh, who's your target audience, Georgia, for the book? Where's, what, what was that question? Do you have a target audience for the book? I'm sorry, do I have a project for another book? Is that what No, you're no. Asking? A target audience. Is there Oh, a someone? target audience. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize. That's all right. Um, um, well, you know, actually, it's, it's a, it can be a fairly general target. Just simply because I believe, number one, my Christian faith is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things in my life that would help people regardless of their gender identity. Um, because of the things I went through. And, and what, what I talk about in the book is that one point in my life, I had, I had um, an AA sponsor. Uh, who had found out about uh, with George had an AA sponsor who found out about me and demanded that I be done away with and George you know to his credit made a real effort because he number one that and number two um, Marilyn wasn't really overjoyed at discovering me hiding underneath in the inside that bearded cowboy she met and fell in love with right um, and it took me a long time to understand why she didn't just think this was this was just great. She had a new best girlfriend. <laughs> it just <laughs> I, it took me forever to understand that, but I eventually did. And um, so, as far as so, I, I came. I finally arrived at a sense of peace uh, that I write about in the book on a very particular circumstance. Uh, I had been struggling, George had been struggling with trying to make me go away, go away, um, so he could be perfectly perfect for his bride. And finally one day, it just reached that point where there was, it it, it couldn't go on any longer. And I will never forget being parked, uh, being stopped at a stop sign near our home. And bowing my head, George bowed his head, said, God, I can't take this anymore. I am never, ever going to ask you to take this away again. All I ask is that you help me understand why you made me this way and what you expect me to do with it. And um, I drove, they drove on through, and by the time I got to the next stoplight, the most incredible sense of peace had settled over me. It was like a warm blanket on a cold winter's night. Wow. I was totally at peace for the first time in my life. 
and nothing happened. I didn't come out of the woodwork. About six months later, um, George and Marilyn are sitting there having dinner, and she looked across the table at him and said, Are you having an affair? <laughs> oh, no. Yes, serious. And, of course, he says, why? why would you accuse me of that? Hell no, I'm not having an affair. She says, I want the truth. Don't lie to me. Are you having an affair? No. Why are you asking me that? Don't lie to me. I want to know if you've met another woman and fallen in love. No, please explain why you're accusing me of that. She said, well, I don't know. I don't understand what's happened. She said, in the last six months, you have changed so much. She said, all of the anger's gone. She said, you have become such a pleasure to be around. But I actually can't wait to get home from work at night just to be around you. And I'm trying to figure out what happened. Why, what, what, why the change? I look around. We live in the same house. We have the same jobs. We make the same money. We have the same friends. We have drive the same cars. Why? Only thing I could think of was that it was another woman. Well, of course it was. It was me. But that's not what she wanted to hear. It would have been easier for her to accept her handsome prince having a real affair because she could have shot another woman. Right. But she couldn't shoot me without shooting her handsome prince. Um, she wasn't happy about it, but it, at least it started a process when he tried to explain what what had happened. And it started a process. And um, by the Georgia, time, yeah. this is a fascinating book, and it's fascinating to hear you talk about it. And I know mm-hmm. that our listeners are intrigued. If they want to know more about the book or if they want to know more about you, is there a website that they can go to? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, there are a couple, actually. There is, um, it's www.georgialeemcgowan.com. And then um, I have a blog which is authors Express. There is no E there. It's A-U-T-H-O-R-S-X-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Um, there is, I am on Facebook at Georgia Lee McGowan and uh, Twitter at Georgia L. McGowan. Now, the book, is, I know, is available on Amazon because that's where I found it. And yes. if if people just go to Amazon and they pull down the book search feature, all they have to do is type in, Dear Mom and Dad, You Don't Know Me, but by Georgia, G-E-O-R-G-I-A, Lee, L-E-E, McGowan, M-C, capital G-O-W-E-N, and then just click on it, and the book comes right up, and it's available in Kindle, and there's a a hardback, and there's a a paperback, and then there's there's a very nice excerpt. If they just click on the book where it says, Look Inside, the book will open, and they can read a very nice excerpt. Mm-hmm. Is there absolutely? Are there some other places that the book is available? The book is available on most uh, book 
uh, seller sites. Um, it's also available at Barnes and uh, BarnesandNoble.com, and it is available at the publisher's website, which is iUniverse, and that's a small I, capital U, iUniverse.com. Probably if they just put either your name or the title of the book in Google and did yeah. a search, it would come right up. Uh, oh, there's a whole lot of stuff will come up if you do I it on bet. Google. Yeah, um, yes, but yes, that's one way to do it. And um, uh, that that's the best way uh, to to contact me is through Facebook. Um, it's probably one of the best ways to contact me. Um I'm also, um, there is uh, an email address if people want to contact me directly uh, for a signed copy of the book. Uh, it's, um, uh, excuse me, uh, da -da -da. Uh, it, my, my email Remembering address. all these addresses, yes, I know, it's, it gets to be a lot. What's that? Remembering all of these different addresses and passwords oh, and things like that get to be a lot. <laughs> My other email address is, is very similar. It's almost the same as the rest of it. It's Georgia Lee McGowan at cox.net, C-O-X dot net. And if they would like a signed copy of the book... That's I've got one last... Uh, I've got one, one last question, Georgia. Okay, sure. When people read the book and they close that back cover for the very last time or they turn their Kindle off for the very last time, mm -hmm. what's the bottom line message that you would like them to take away from your book? The bottom line message I would like for people to take away is that you have to, and I know this may sound trite, but you have to live your life the way God designed you to live it. I'm not talking about being true to yourself. That's not it. When I finally accepted what the way God had made me, it, it, it made all the difference in the world. Um, not being, I'm not saying be true to yourself. Just take away the fact that God made you with certain talents and abilities and it's just like when I finally decided to start writing it occurred to me one day that you know I did have a talent to write I had an ability to write but one thing I did not want to happen was I did not want to arrive at the pearly gates and have St. Peter ask me and that one talent you were given what did you do with that that was not a conversation I wanted to have, and I would hope that everyone has talents. Use them. It will. It it leads to so much. It leads to to such an incredible sense of peace as well as accomplishment when you're actually using the talents you were given. Well, this has been a wonderful interview. I enjoyed talking with you so much, and thank you well, thank for being you. our guest. Well, I have enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. Remember, pick up a good book. 
and read.